Hey, to, to start this morning, I want to uh, tell you about a, a hobby, my latest hobby that I've picked up. Um, it's it's spearfishing is my latest hobby. Um, and it's really, really spearfishing is, is mostly free diving. And, you know, I've been a mountain guy for ever, for like my whole adult life. I haven't spent that much time in the ocean. In the last couple of years, I've gotten a chance to go to the ocean. And I was like, and I've been, I've been fishing my whole life. I'm like, I want to try spearfishing. It's kind of like fishing and hunting had a baby or something like that. And so I get to, to do, those are two things that I love. So I was like, I'm going to do spearfishing. And so I watched all these videos. I started like, like pretending how to, not pretending, but like practicing holding my breath, like trying to get more, you know, and, and, and like I'm active. I have good lungs. I'm like, this will be a piece of cake. I will fit right into this spearfishing thing. Oh my gosh, if I could show you a video of me spearfishing the first time, like, you might not take me seriously for the rest of the day. You'd be like, that guy's a goof. Like, seriously, I was flailing around. Like, like you, you, it's, it's, it's a really interesting sport because it's, it's, you, it's active, it's physical, right? You're diving, you're swimming, you're in the water. A lot of times there's waves, and, and you got to use your, your lungs. But it's I, something like I've never done before where you have to be very... Zen, still, calm, because if you're, if you're like not calm, just stop laughing at me, come on, uh, hey, yes, thank you, thank you, um, you know, you have to be calm so that you don't use too much oxygen, and you know, if you freak out, like you just, so literally, my best dives are like, I hold my breath on the surface for a couple minutes like you're supposed to, and then I dive down, and then there's the whole ear pressure thing, which I haven't gotten yet, and I'm like trying to clear, and I've got, and, and I'm like trying to find a fish, and I'm trying to hold on to the bottom, and I've got a gun in my hand. I mean, it's just like all these things, and then it's like time to go up. That, that was literally, that just took you through one of my dives. Um, and I just found myself kind of flailing um, and, and with this new sport, and I'm going to stick with it because a lot of, you know, at, at the age of 40, I've gotten good at a lot of mountain sports, and I've been doing those for a long time, so I'm used to being good at the things that I do, and this is not one of them, so I'm going to stick with this. I'll keep you with updates on my, my spearfishing adventures, but I found with this sport, my head was just spinning with trying to hold my breath, trying to figure out where the fish are, is it safe, are there waves, is the gun safety on, all of these things, and I just kind of found myself freaking out with my head spinning. Last week, we began a series on the idea, the Christian idea of calling, and the fact that you and I have a calling in life, that we as Christians believe that God created us uniquely, and that he created us for a purpose, that he created us uh, to, to do something specific in life, some things generally to love him, to care for others. There's callings that we have that we all have. We're going to talk about that, I think, next week. But overall, the, the thing that we're talking about when we're talking about calling is, is I'm, trying to, I'm trying to encourage you on to a path of discovery of your own personal and unique call in life. And it's kind of cool to think about what if you had a calling in life? What if you, Jan Spade, God made you such a way that, that he's called you to do something specific? It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to think about. It's kind of new and novel like spearfishing, right? 
It's, 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 a, new, it's a new thing if you, if you haven't thought about it. But the reality is, and, and I encourage you th- that last week to just go home and pay attention. Just go home and learn. Just go home and, 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 and notice. You know, and so I'll ask you, for those of you who were here last week, did you learn anything about yourself this week? Did you notice some things that you didn't like? Did you notice some things that you enjoyed? Did you notice some things making you angry besides, you know, road rage on, in the car? That, that has nothing to do, well, maybe it does something with your calling. I don't know. But was there something that brought you righteous anger? Like, that's not right, what's going on in the world? And my, my encouragement to you is to find your next word. I used wordle. To find your next letter in the puzzle. And, and find your next letter, find your next word, and, and maybe even write some of those down. Because right now, what I believe, it, here's, here's, I mean, let's, let's, just, let's just set the record straight. If God has called us to something, and he cares about us, he's not going to leave us in the dark. He's going to give us clues. And I was trying to, to get us to think and trying to get us to keep our eyes open that, that it's going on all around you. Um, and we can, we can find those clues and we can find more and more of our calling every day, every week. And maybe you try, maybe you left here uh, last Sunday like, yeah, this is cool. And then life hit <laughs> and work and kids or school. Well, no, no one's in school right now. If, if you're in school, it really hit your head with spinning this week. But, you know, all the things of life hit at once. And, and then your head spinning is like, well, that was a nice five minutes of thinking about my calling. But now what? What do I do? How do we find our calling in the midst of life? I'm really glad you asked that question and came to church today. Because that's exactly what we're going to talk about, is handles for those whose heads are spinning when it comes to our calling. And I am super excited for today. I do this every once in a while. I make a worksheet. And if you don't have one, raise your hand and Jan will get it for you. Everybody needs a worksheet. I do this every once in a while, and it's, it's almost more teaching than preaching. But I am really excited for today because I think today is, I, I, I always try to preach a sermon for a broad audience. I think today is, is for the broadest of audience. Young, old, Christian, not Christian, I think that has, this has something for all of us today. So without further ado, I present to you the four stages of calling. The four stages of calling. What we're going to do is we're going to walk through this, and it's a little bit of fill in the blank. I know, it's kind of, you know, but just go with me on this. Um, and we're going to talk about the, di- the four different stages of calling and finding and discovering and calling. And my goal for you today is for you to say, you know what, I'm, I'm in stage fill in the blank. One, two, three, or four. This is where I'm at. Or I, maybe between these two. And I want you to think about this for yourself personally. Okay, stage one in calling is the searcher. This is the person who's searching for not not just this isn't just searching for your calling. This is this is searching for what we were just talking about, searching for clues. This person knows a little bit about themselves, but has a lot to learn, right? And here's the thing: if you're a student in the room. This is probably de facto you. But I don't want to limit this to just students. Okay? We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But don't, adults, don't just, you know, check out because, well, I'm not, obviously not in stage one. 
You might be in stage one, and that's okay. We'll get to that, okay? But stage one is all about learning. The objective of stage one is to enjoy learning as much as possible. I, I, I settled on enjoy learning because I, I, was, I was torn between have, you know, like in this stage, the goal is to, one, have fun, or one, to learn. And I was like, no, you can do both. You can enjoy learning as much as possible. Everybody look at me. You have a calling on your life. That's amazing. Like God, there's a God in the universe that created this ginormous universe, and yet he's thought about you. He's thought about you. That's amazing. That in and of itself should bring us so much comfort and enjoyment. It should be, it should be like a scavenger hunt. The best scavenger hunt ever because it's made by God. Everybody loves a scavenger hunt. This one's made by God specifically for you. Enjoy it. So that's, that's the objective. The memory verse for this, so we're going to, every, every um, stage has an objective, a memory verse, a caution, or a be careful, and a note, okay? So the memory verse for this stage is Philippians 1.6 that goes like this. Being confident of this, that he who, and this is the key word, began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Being confident of this. Again, you can be confident and enjoy this stage even though there is tons of unknown. What's my calling? I don't know. At this, point, at this stage, if you're a searcher, you don't have like, this is what I was made to do. You have, some, you have a little bits and pieces of what you enjoy in life, what you don't like in life, what you're good at, what you're not. And that's about it, and that's Okay, because you can stand on this verse, this memory verse, Philippians 1, set, set, uh, 1, 6. Being confident, you can stand on this, being confident that he who began a good work, that he's already began it, and because he, he doesn't just begin things, he's not like me. <laughs> I love, I'm a starter. I love starting things. Finishing is, ask my wife, like, like trim in our house. I'm working on it, guys. Like, I've been working on trim for the last two weeks, and it's a labor of love for my wife. Because I could live without trim. Like, flooring, good. Trim, eh, I don't need it. But he who began a good work in you is not like me. He is faithful to complete what he started. Just let that wash over you this morning. If, if, you're, if you're in this searching phase, if you, when it comes to calling, you're just like, ah, just... I love the idea, but it makes me anxious even that you're talking about it because I'm not sure it's true. Just rest, child. You're, you'd be confident that he, has be, he who began a good work in you, he will be faithful to complete it. So enjoy learning. Here's what you should be careful in this, this, this phase, and this is so important. Don't buy into the lie that this period doesn't matter. Never buy into the lie and this is a lie that, that might come from the outside, like, oh, you're just a kid. Oh, you just, you know, you're a low, lowly in your company employee, whatever. Like, like don't, don't, that lie can come from the outside. It mainly comes from the inside. This doesn't matter. I don't even know what I want to do. It's just school. I'm not good at school. You know, like, whatever it is for you, this job, this is not the job I want. 
Don't buy into the lie that it doesn't matter. And there, there's two good reasons to do this, to, to, to be serious, to, to take this, this, um, this period seriously. There's two good reasons, one biblical and one from life, okay? The one from life is, a good, re- a good reason to take this period seriously is because every, the one from life, the, the insight from life is everybody loves a good origin story, right? I mean, think of a, her- a, a, a hero movie. What are those called? Superhero movies, thank you. A superhero m- movie that doesn't start with the origin. And think of a superhero that didn't start off as some weenie. You know, that didn't start, like, we love, we're in love with origin stories. You're in yours right now. If you're a searcher, this is your origin story. This is where, you know, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. It all started in a garage. It's, you know, I was never good at school. We had three kids living in a two-bedroom apartment. These are all, these are the, the, these are the, the humble beginning stories that all of us love. That's yours right now. Embrace that. It step into that. So that's one good reason to take this period seriously. The second is biblical. And I just thought of this this week. There's a very strong biblical reason to take this period seriously as a searcher, and that is the Bible loves searchers. Think about this. If you know the Bible, the Bible can, can, uh, um, lifts up searchers, people who are looking. and like, like you look at the life of Jesus, guess who didn't get time with him? The people who thought they had it all together, the religious people, the people who were not quite sure, the people that were like, no, I need to be with Jesus. They were the, the searchers. They get the spotlight over and over and over again in the Gospels. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and it will be given. Yeah, something like that. Like those are written all over Scripture. Why? Because the Bible loves searchers. Loves people who are hungry and learning and, and, and willing to be like, hey, you know, like, have you ever been in a class and, you, and the teacher says something, you're like, hmm, I have no clue what that means. And you want to raise your hand, but you're like, it looks like everybody else knows what that means. Guess what? They don't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They don't. So raise your hand and be like, I don't know what that means. Because that's what a searcher does. And you'll find out so much about yourself. Here's the note for, for the searcher. And this is what I want you to know. These are the good old days. And I want you to write ol, like O-L-E apostrophe. No. Oh, yeah. O-L-E apostrophe or O-L apostrophe. Not old. These are the good old days. Don't wish them away. If you got small kids, these are the good old days. Careful not to wish them away. If you're in, in school and you're not going, like, the, like hey, guys, 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 look at me. Is not, it's summertime, right? You've heard this sound this, uh, in the last few weeks. I pro- if you live in a neighborhood, I promise you've heard this sound. Have you heard the sound of kids at dusk running around your neighborhood screaming and having fun? They're not thinking about their calling. They're not thinking about, like, they're not thinking about bills. And, like, have you, ever, have you ever envied one of those children? You envy them because there's beauty in the simplicity. There's beautiful things going on in your searching life if you're in this phase, in this stage. Don't wish it away. One of my favorite quotes, and I've been trying to work this in a sermon for like eight years. Let's see if it works. 
Um, one of my favorite shows is The Office. And there's a quote from Andy Bernard. You guys remember Andy Bernard? He's not all that quotable. I wrote down some of his quotes. Beer me that disc. Just call me the nard dog. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast. Football cream. Applesauce. He's an idiot. Have you checked your butt? That's another Andy. And if you don't know what that show is, sorry. In the finale of that show, there's this, this kind of this cool thing. That it, it's, it's a fast forward in time. They've all, years have passed, and they all come back to the office. I can't remember why. And they get nostalgic, and they gain perspective. They, you know, on their time there, they're like, oh, I, and now I understand. And, and, and this, is, this is a quote um, from Andy, the not-so-quotable Andy. He, he has, I think, one of the greatest quotes in the show. He says this. He's, he's standing in the office, and he's doing one of those interviews, those mockumentary interviews that they do so well in that show. And he says, the weird thing is now I'm exactly where I want to be. I've got my dream job at Cornell. He's a Cornell grad and that kind of stuff. And I'm still, but I'm still thinking about all my old pals. Speaking of the ones there at the office, it's been years later, he's in his dream job. And he's like, but the weird part is, is I'm thinking about all my old pals. And then he says this, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. I wish that for us. It worked. This, this quote worked. Yes. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you actually left them. Searchers, you're in the good old days. This is where you're, you're learning so much about yourself so fast, and I know you're coming up against insecurities, everybody else around you, and, and here's, so here's what I want to do. I want to give you permission as a searcher, if that's your phase, to enjoy it. For what it's worth, it's me. This isn't God, this is Josh just saying, I want to give you permission. If you're in middle school and everybody else around you seems to, to have a thing and you don't, it's okay, you can still enjoy yourself. If you're in high school and you have no clue what you want to do in life, it's okay. I give you permission to still enjoy yourself. By the way, if you ever, don't ever ask a high school student what you want to do for the rest of your life. I mean, just, just stop and think how mean that is. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? I don't know. You know, like, like you, we don't ask adults that, much less kids who are trying to, they're searching. Uh, if, you're in, if you're in high school and you're not, even, you're not sure what college you go to, if you're in college and you're not sure what major you want to do, I just, I quoted this last, I told you about this last time, that, you know the average college kid changes their major five times? Not because they're idiots, but because we're trying to figure, we're searchers. And that's part of the process. And that's okay. Enjoy yourself. Try some things. If you're, in, if you're the, the kid that's like, I'm not going to college. If you're, like, if you're one of the three, two, three, four percent in this town that doesn't go to college, and everybody else is, and you feel like the only one, don't freak out. It's okay. I give you permission to enjoy this stage where you're searching and looking. And learning. If you're the person who, who's done with school, not because you finished it, but you quit it, <laughs> I give you permission to enjoy this phase. This is the searcher phase. It's a, uh, stage one. Let's go to stage two. Stage two is the doer stage. 
And this is when, this is a little ambiguous, maybe you're not quite sure when you've crossed over into this. It can be a little bit unclear or gray when you've crossed over into this phase. But you'll know this, you'll know you're in the doer phase when you've, your calling is discovered even just a little bit, yet your career is uncovered. And you notice I put the career in parentheses? Because you're going to have a career, by this time in life, you need a career, you need to do something, but it's not what you want. It's not the career you would have chosen. It's not the one that you thought about a few years ago or when you were in high school or college and you're like, oh, I, I can't wait till I get to do this. You still have the desire because you've learned, you, as a searcher, you've learned enough about yourself to know what you want. You just haven't found the job that goes with it yet. You don't have the opportunity to do it. No one will pay you or hire you to do it yet. Yet is a very important word in this phase. Um, you could, it feels maybe, in this phase, maybe you feel like Christy and I did. When Christy and I started dating when we were eight, I was like, I, I was still wet behind the ears 18 when we started dating. And we fell in love fast. Different story for a different day. But the thing was, is like, okay, now what? Like, we, I, I knew, I was like, yep, her. But I was too young, dumb, and broke to marry her. And so I felt stuck. That's how it feels at this stage. Um, the objective in this stage is don't quit. And I'm not, I'm not talking about your job. Actually, I am talking about your job. Don't quit the job. Yeah, yeah, this works both ways, actually. I hadn't thought about this. Don't quit. Stay the course. That's the second part, portion. Don't quit your job that you don't like, that isn't quite there. Like, don't quit it just yet. And don't quit the, the, the pursuit of your calling. That's what I meant by don't quit. Don't, don't, don't quit. Don't stop pursuing your calling just because it can. And it's so, you, you want to rage quit it because you've, you've, you've put time into it. You've thought about it. You've found, like, it's exhilarating to find out things about yourself. And then all of a sudden you're like, but now what? And you can be disillusioning. And I don't want you to quit. I want you to stay the course if you're in this phase. And if you're a Christian, you need to rely on the strength of God. God's strength, not your own during this phase, because you're going to need it. You're like, Lord, beer me some strength. I, 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 need, I, I, I don't like this job, but I'm going to keep doing it. Give me strength today. The memory verse for this is Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Whatever and, and I, like, I like this, I picked this verse because it's, okay, like you're not in your dream job. And this verse doesn't say when you're in your dream job, do it, you know, you know, do it with all your might. It says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Here's the New Testament version of this, of this same verse. You don't have it on yours, but it's Colossians 3.23. This is Paul speaking. He says, whatever you do, it's the same thing, that whatever, there's that whatever word again. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as if working to the Lord, not to a human master. So, so in this phase as a doer, there's going to be plenty of times where you're like, I'm not sure this is what I want to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. And not only am I going to do it, I'm going to do it in such a way as I'm doing it for God. That's what a doer does. 
And here's why this is so important. Look at the second verse. I, put, I gave you a double dose of verse on this one because this one's tough. The doer phase is what, uh, I would guess that a lot of you, if, if we took a poll at the end, might say, this is my phase. This is where I'm at right now. So I gave you two verses because you need it. Matthew 25, 21, his master replied, this is Jesus telling the parable of the talents. And he says this, the, 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 the master is speaking to the, the guy with the talents that's done a good job. If you're not familiar with that, I'm sorry, but you'll, 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 you'll follow along. Matthew 25, 21, his master replied, and this is like God's, this is, this is what every Christian hopes that God says to them someday. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in your dream job. Ah, got you. That's not what it says. You have been faithful in few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. This it, this, um, this area in the notes, this is the proving grounds. These are the proving grounds. Write that down in the notes section. This segment is, is the proving grounds where you get to prove with few things, with something you're not passionate about, something that isn't what you would pick to do, something that isn't what you want to do for the rest of your life. To be faithful there, to prove to yourself and to God that you can be faithful when things, quote-unquote, matter. You see, this is why this is important. This, this, this phase is super important because this is the phase when character is grown. Character is cultivated right now. Character, uh, students, listen to me. You, students, you're maybe not in this phase, but you have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do. You got just a lot of people, teachers, parents, whatever, telling you, like, hey, get these things done. Doing is a great, it, doing things builds character. There's no other way to say it. And, and the second part of the notes is these are proving grounds, and there's no substitute for this season. And so God might put you in it for a while, and it's super important. Here's, what you, here's where you need to be careful in this season. Don't go it alone. Be careful not to go it alone in this season. Because it can, if you go it alone, I've watched so many people go it alone in this season, and they die. They shrivel up, and they just get, they're stuck there. They never get out of it. You need people around. You need to stay close to good people who know who you are and can speak into that. They know your words. They know your clues. They know, hey, whoa, 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 don't forget what God showed you when you were a teenager. Don't forget what God showed you in your early 20s, that he's faithful and you, he made you this way. Don't forget that. Even though this job doesn't take advantage of it, doesn't mean it's gone. You don't go this season alone. You need people who, can, who know who you are and can speak into it. Super important. Stage three. This is the winner stage, the winning stage. Stage three is, is when your career matches your calling. Mazel tov. Literally, that's what you need to put next to it. If you can't spell mazel tov, say congrats. Write congrats right next to it. Like, seriously, mazel tov. Like, 
Congratulations. You've done what some people never get to do. Their career matches their calling. They have a sense of what they have, who they are, who God has made them to be, what they're passionate about, and then they get to do it all day long, week after week, maybe even year after year. Congratulations if you are in this phase. It's kind of like winning the lottery. You know what you're made to do, and you get to do it all the time. It's amazing. Seriously, it's what God's created each and every one of us for. And so there's the fingerprint of God, and it's, it's, it's fulfilling. Like we, last week, we talked about purpose and fulfillment and how that's all written on our hearts. This is where that gets to live out, this phase. And, and here's, here's, what, here's the objective during this phase. Revel in it and kick butt. Just revel in it. Just, just, just enjoy, again, enjoy it. But in like, in a, you know what revel means? It's just like, yeah. Like just... I get, I get to go to work today, and I'm going to go kick butt. Like, I'm going to go do my best. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it all out on the field, and I'm going to come home tired. And, of course, there's going to be things that are frustrating. It's not going to go as, as, as planned, and that's okay because I'm doing what I love, and I'm kicking butt. That's, that's the objective during this phase. And this is, this is the memory verse. As a prisoner for the Lord, this is Ephesians 4, verse 1. This is actually our memory verse for the whole series, our key verse for the whole series. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, Paul speaking to, to his, his friends in Ephesus, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You know, so as you're in that position and you're just kicking butt, like, remember, live a life that's worthy of that calling. Live up to that calling. Don't, don't you know... Don't do it halfway. Don't do it with character. You know, live a life worthy of the calling you receive. Be completely humble. Humility is very, very important in this stage. In this stage, it is easy to to think to yourself, oh, this is easy. This is easy. Why doesn't everybody just do this? You know, if you work hard enough and you're like me, you'll get to this phase. Because you, like, it's amazing in this phase how quickly we forget how hard it was to get to that point. So be completely humble. And the next phrase is bearing with one, it, bearing with one another in love. Like, we have to be careful of those who are around us who aren't in this phase. They're, they're, they're searching. They're doing, Right? And they're, they, like, they're not there. Be careful. Be humble. Completely humble around them. And, and, and then the note is, um, it's also, um, the note is, it, this is important. And I want to, I should probably said, said this earlier when I, when I answered this. You got to note that every story is different. Every calling is different. And, 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 and then I'll say it this way. Every calling is played out differently. And let me explain what I mean by that. Some of, some of us will have jobs where our, our job and our calling are hand in hand. One complements the other. From nine to five, we go to our job to live out our calling. 
But you can also be in the, a winner. You can be in the winning phase if you're in a job that doesn't necessarily, like, yeah, it, it utilize, obviously utilizes your gifts. It's maybe something you enjoy, but it doesn't necessarily, if, if that's all you did, you'd be like, but I'm still not living out my calling. It's sometimes, and I, I learned this, I, have lot, I would say most of my friends in their 40s are in this state, that, that are in the winning phase, they're in this second category where their, their, their career is not necessarily their largest expression of their calling. Their career enables their calling. It, 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 yeah, Roy. It, it pays for their calling. It allows them the flexibility for their calling. They work nine to five and then they volunteer as a young life leader. And that's helped fulfill their calling. They work nine to five, and they take care of their kids in the best way they know how. And giving their kids opportunities to find their own calling. And that's for them living the dream. I wanted to make that distinction and make that note. Every calling is different. Just like, you know, like, just like you are unique, you know, like in your calling is different than my calling is different than her calling. They'll be, her calling and my calling and their calling will be expressed differently. For some, you'll go to work. And it's just, there's a phrase for that, like where, like, I know a lot of teachers that are just like, yeah, I don't make much, but I, the impact of what I get to do, right? What's that phrase? Can anybody think of that? Like, the, it's a value-based value thing. No, it's not. Anyway, but it, you know what I mean? Like, each calling is played out differently. And I know people that work jobs that would not be anybody's calling. They, they, like, like they just, but they love it because of what it enables them to do or the people that it puts them in contact with. And it's, like, not what they studied for, and it's not, you know, it's hourly. It's, you know, Barely got benefits, but man, I just feel alive when I'm doing it. You know that's possible. It, it, it's possible for when when this when we get into this phase, and your career matches your calling. You need to be careful in this phase, in this stage, because it's in this stage more than any other stage. It's easy to confuse your calling with your career. You could see how it would happen, right? Your career is not your calling. Careers come and go. Calling is here to stay. It, careers, they, you can lose your job. In fact, this brings us right to stage four, which is the wanderer. And this is when, this is the stage after you lose your dream job quote-unquote. Maybe it was a job loss. You got let go. You got, um, what's the word that I'm looking at? Laid off. Thank you. Maybe you burned out. Maybe you're still in the job that you love, but you're burnt out, and you just can't put all you have into it like you used to. Maybe it's an end of a season. Maybe it's retirement. I'm talking with a lot of people right now that are in the retirement phase. And they're old enough to retire. They have the means to retire. And yet, some of them are like, no, I'm called to do this. I need to continue it. And some of them are like, I, I know I should probably stop, but what am I going to do? 
It can feel like a wanderer in that stage. It can, you, know, it, you, can, um, you can become a wanderer from kids having children, and all of a sudden you can't work the full-time job that you once did. You can become a wanderer from kids again when they leave. And you're like, I've spent the last 20, 25 years of my life raising kids. That's a large part of who I am. That's what I was called to do. I knew that. I had a sense of purpose. I loved it. Now what? You can feel it um, when you finished school or finished with school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're like, I didn't finish school, but I'm finished with it. You know, like you can feel like, you can feel that when you, you're like, hey, I was good at school, but now school's done. Now what? You know, you can feel like a wanderer. You can feel tragedy brings about wandering. Change of heart. This is a big one. A lot of times we're in a job that we really love and we're good at it, but something changes in us. The job didn't change, but we change. And God changes something in us that happened to me a few years ago where I was, I was, I was doing what I love to do. I was passionate about youth ministry, but I, all of a sudden I felt called to do something different, not because I didn't like the job, but because something changed in me. You have to be careful in this phase to fight the urge to resign. You got to fight the urge to resign. The objective here in this phase is get back on the horse. And then I think, I think the second thing there is, um, let me look at, um, become a, do, a, a searcher or a doer again. And this is extremely important. Oh, I forgot my whiteboard. So every, I was going to like, gotcha, I was going to get you, because like, you know how it's all linear, like stage one, stage two. And I was be like, it's not linear, it's a cycle, it's a circle. So this is my whiteboard, stage one is, which one's stage one? Learner, searcher, okay? And then you do a half circle around, and then it's the doer, and then a half circle around, it's the winner, and now it's the wanderer, and the wanderer has a choice. The wanderer could make it linear and be like, I was one, two, three, four, and I'm done, right? Or the wanderer can eat the piece of humble pie, remember humility is important in that stage of winning, and, how, and, and become a learner yet again. See, the thing with calling is, I think when we say calling, it's like, and, and, and I was talking with one of my friends, this is kind of where this sermon series came from a couple months ago when I had this idea. It's like, a friend of mine was just like, I just, I've never, this is a, a friend of mine who I look to and I'm like, you have purpose in your life. You have me, like, you live your life well. And he's like, I've just never felt a strong sense of calling. And I, I remember wanting to say to him, like I said last week, you're closer than you think, bro. Like, like, bro, you're so much closer than you think. You're living a lot of it already. You maybe just need to put words to it and focus it and sharpen it like a pencil, and you're there. What was I saying? I forgot. Oh, but the wanderer thing, see, we have to have, this, we have, to have the, um, the humility to when we lose our dream job to get back on the horse and get back to learning and doing. Not be afraid to be like, hey, I, I, I'm learning. Oh, that's what I was saying. What, what I want us to see through this series is this call, the idea of calling can be this 250-pound word on our back. And it is, if, it's, if calling is static, 
it's extremely hard. Like, this is who I am, and it, it, it beca- everything becomes rigid. And I don't think that's what God wants. I think there's a lot of flexibility when it comes to our calling. I think there's a way to live life in such a way where, like, yeah, you don't have a, your dream job, but yet you can walk into a room and say, I know who I am. I know who God has created me to be, and I can do something here to love the people around me. That's God's desire for us. But we, we have, if we're looking at it statically, linearly, we'll never get there. It's a cycle. We have to have the flexibility to, to, to go back to the drawing board, to go back to the basics at every stage of our lives. Because why? Because careers come and go. They really, really do. We have a friend who's a pastor's wife. And she, again, a woman who has extreme purpose in her life. I've always seen her that way. And she explained to us once that uh, they're, they're now retired from, from church work, but ev- they, they did three or four, maybe five different churches in the career of, of ministry. She's like every single place from Australia to California to Colorado, the places that they ministered. She's like, I had a new set of gifts everywhere I went. God brought, and this is a person who, like, if you met her, you'd be like, that's a person who knows who she is and what she needs to do. Every time they moved, she had to relearn it. Every time she moved, they moved, they, she had to get back on the horse. And this is so important to talk about because this stage is in your future. Students, you maybe not have had this yet. No, you haven't had this. I know you haven't. You will someday. You'll lose a job. You, there'll be a head fake, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, what, what? I'm here again? And it's really disheartening, really disillusioning if you're not prepared for it. And that's why I want to talk about it. I want to create handles for this. Some of you are there right now, and you're like, I don't understand what's going on. You're wandering. Something's changed, but you have not. But it's time. You have a choice. You can just continue wandering and be like, I guess that was it. It was a fun run. Woo! Or you can get back on the horse, and you can start doing and start learning again. And it takes courage. But here's the thing. Here's the thing to note. This is our best chance to discover the true win in life. This phase of wandering, like none other, has, has the best possibility the best potential to put a point on what really matters in life and what you're truly called to because because in the winning phase a lot of times we fall into the trap of thinking that career equals calling and in wandering you you you, that is gone that wrong thinking whether you knew it or not it is that it's gone the career's gone, and, but you're calling, you're hoping your calling still remains. And you come face to face with the true win in life. And the, the, that's the last thing on, the, on your page. Write in as big a letters as you can. The true win, if you're a believer in, in, in Jesus, a God follower, is to follow and obey King Jesus. And this becomes really clear. You, you get a sense of perspective in this wandering phase. Because in some senses, that might be all you have. You don't have a nine to five. You don't have direction. You don't know what's next. And so what do you do? You come back to your heavenly father and you you humbly come before him and say, God, I don't know what to do. 
And then you're quickly reminded, oh, wait, yes, I do. Because as a Christian, if you're a Christian, you have a specific calling in life. I, I believe that. Like, we've been talking about that. You are uniquely made to do something in this world. But before any of that, your number one calling is to join all the, sta- the saints and to follow and obey King Jesus. And this is where the, the believer and the unbeliever part paths. Because th- this is, and this is why, this is one of the reasons why I'm a Christian. Because when you believe in a sovereign God that made you, that gave you calling, this is threatening. It, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say it's not threatening to go through the wandering. But it's not the last thing. It's not, it's not, it's not the only thing that you're thinking about. But if, if but here's the thing, if you're, if, if, if inside truly what you're longing for is to follow your passions, you know, the phrase never work a day in your life, I hate that phrase. Like, like, like as if that's the win is to never work. I don't know. That's, but, or, or to, to I, mean, I was living my best life and now I'm not. And, and you're all focused on these words. And, and you have to get back to that. I need to get back to living my best life. That's a really dangerous place to be. If you've ever been there, you've got to be really careful because the, 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 the moment something walks by you that looks remotely like it might work, you're going to jump on it. And you might make some really foolish decisions out of insecurity of the fact, like, I just want to live my best life. I just want to live my best life. I just want to do what I'm passionate about. If that's the end goal, you might get into trouble, and you might not ever find that sense of winning again. But if you're a Christian, we have the most wonderful mm, blanket to fall into. Or like, you know, like how you do, like, the gymnastics thing, and then there's that big cushion below us. We have, like, yes, it feels like a fall, but we fall into the arms of our Heavenly Father. And we get a, t- a moment to, to look and to have a perspective of, like, you know what? That was a great being up on that, on that gym bar. Gym bar? Is that a real thing? What's well, a balance beam? It was great being on the balance beam for that. That was a good run. But I'm reminded that my true calling and when I don't know what to do, I actually do know what to do, is to follow and obey King Jesus. Look at our memory verse for this one. Romans 12.1, Paul again says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, I plead with you, Paul would say, in view of God's mercy, his goodness to us, the fact that he's given us a calling, that he's forgiven us from our sins so that we can actually pursue it and get past that, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then he says this, this is your true and proper worship. That, Paul would say, that is what you're called to. Above all else, yeah, it's great to have a job that you enjoy, but worship of your heavenly Father, enjoying him every day, that is your purpose in life. If you are in this space, please look up here. Everybody look up here. If you are wandering right now, you've had it great in the past, but you're just not sure what's next. All you need to do tomorrow, this is so, fr- I, I get, guys, I, I do have a great job. I have, I have the best job in the world. All you have to do tomorrow is wake up and say to yourself, how do I follow and obey King Jesus? If you're a Christian, that's it. 
if there's any doubt, if there's any, um, any, any confusion surrounding what you're called to do, you know what you love, you don't get to do that, you just lost it, whatever. It's really simple, guys. You just have to wake up tomorrow morning and, and, and say to yourself and say to God, today I choose to follow and obey King Jesus. And then at the end of the day, when you're laying in bed, you can think back on your day. And if you say, ah, I, I followed and obeyed King Jesus today, sleep well that night knowing you've done what you've called to do. Isn't that beautiful? If you're not a Christian, if you've never even thought about these, or maybe you've gone to, you go to church a lot, or grew up going to church, maybe call yourself a Christian, but you've never thought about Jesus as King Jesus, you need, you need to make him your king. Because when, when he, you make him your king, he, he ta- what, it's, this is great. He, not only does he give you a calling, he takes responsibility for the life that you live, and he will direct your paths. And it might not be the path that you choose, but in the end it will be the path that you want. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I wrote this in my notes. You don't have to sort things out today. You just have to follow and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. It's that old song, you know? We sing that to our kids sometimes. The beauty of following a sovereign God is you don't have to actually sort out the clusters and figure things out sometimes. It doesn't mean you don't have work to do. That's not what I'm saying. You know that's not what I'm saying. But you don't have to figure it out today. You just need to follow and obey. Isn't that good? God, I love church. If you're, and and here's, here's where we're going to end with this. If you're in this phase, you need vision. You need humility, right? You need humility to be able to go back, hey, I'm, I'm right with the high school kids and the college kids, and I, I am a searcher again. That's okay. Everybody does it. Everybody needs to. It's only a matter of time. And now I'm a doer. I, I don't love this job, but I'm just going to keep doing it. And hopefully someday I'll be a winner and be winning again. But maybe if not, I'll just... If not, my fallback is a pretty good fallback. I'll just follow and obey King Jesus. And if that's you, you need the humility to go back through that phase. But you also need vision, which brings me to what's on the bottom of your sheet. This is the choose-your-own-adventure portion of the sermon. Okay? I want each of you this week, and I, you see the, perf- the, I wanted to make it perforated, but I don't have that machine. So you got to cut it. Um, I want you to cut, I want you to cut out one of these three activities. The first activity, and this is, a, this is good for the searcher. List 10 things that have brought you joy in the past. Oh, I forgot to say, in searching, it's more about inf- information than direction. During the searching period, it's more about information. You can take just as much pride and joy in like, I learned something about myself. Well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Shut up. I don't care. I just learned something about myself. I give you permission to do that, you know? Like, like it, it, in this stage, it's all about learning. So this list 10 things that have brought you joy in the past. What is God trying to communicate through that? And maybe you grew up in a church context. You're like, ooh, I don't know. Like, I'm supposed to carry my cross. You are. We're going to talk about that next week. You, you need to carry your cross. But there's also a sense that God put joys in your heart, and that's part of the process of figuring out who you are. And so you can figure out what to do. 
there's a there's a verse in Psalms that 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 you know trust in the Lord your God and He will give you the desires of your heart. That when we're united with Him, that He wants to give us the desires of our unique heart. So what are the ten things that you've enjoyed in life? What and what does that tell you about yourself? That's one exercise you could do. Second one's a really good one. This is for the person who feels stuck, either as a wanderer or a doer. You're in the doer phase, and you're like, okay, I'm, this is Monday. This is what I do on Mondays, and I don't know what it's doing. I want you to do this. If, if tomorrow is your Monday, and, and you're feeling the way I just, you know, like that I just said, I want you to go outside of your house, and you're going to think I'm so weird, and so your family might think you're weird, but humility, right? Go outside your house. It's best to do it outside in nature where you can breathe in fresh air. With both feet on the ground, planted into the ground, you just say, you pray this prayer, Lord, what is the truth about who I am and what am I called to do in this moment? God, I don't know what winning looks like today. I'm not sure, like, if I can further my calling. I'm intimidated by that. That brings out insecurities. Put that all aside. Both feet planted firmly on the ground. Lord, what, am I, what is the truth about who I am? And what am I called to do in this moment? I'm not worried about Tuesday. I'm not worried about next week. I, don't, I have a five-year plan for my life because I'm a doer or I'm a wanderer. But what am I called to do in this moment? That's a very empowering prayer. I was stuck there this week. I use this, I use this crap, guys. I really do. Like I, 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 and, and, and it caused me to just go and write down who I am in Christ. And who God, I know God's called me to be. And it helped. It brings clarity, at least for the day. And sometimes that's all you need. The last uh, uh, exercise that you could elect to do is read Daniel 1 through 6. This chap, those chapters are, um, that's where you can get vision. We need humility and we need vision, especially if we're wanderers. And the reason why these chapters are so good is because the chapters are filled with godly people, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, godly characters who go through all of the stages in those six chapters. If you're familiar with the story, you know they go from kids who are slaves to youth who are given a chance to adults who, with more wins, influences, opportunities than you could ever dream of. They, they get to do, like, like they have authority over, they, they, they get to, 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 they win a lot in their life, especially, I mean, more than any other Hebrew in, their, their, in that time of Babylon could dream of having. They get chances at that. And then each of them faces losing all of it. And not just losing their calling and their career, but their very life. And they stand before kings boldly, and they say, that's okay. Yeah, I know, I know you think you're big and bad because I didn't pray to you, but you don't have to, and this is what's so beautiful, I have goosebumps right now, this is what's so beautiful, because if you've ever seen somebody with faith like that, like, how do they do that? How do they stare down giants, you know, like, in the Bible or in life, like, how do they just keep going? It's because their win is not to do what they're passionate about. Their win is not to, to, to live their best life. Because if, if Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, if that had been their win, 
they would they would have bowed the knee and said, "Well, I'm I'm in." They they, they would have done this. They would have been like, "Well, you know, I guess like I probably should keep praying to God, but like if I do, then I then I lose my opportunity to do all these cool things over here, and God wants me to do cool things, so maybe I should just lay low." I want you to pay attention to the word resolve as you read those chapters in Daniel's 1 through 6. There's a couple times where it says, and Daniel resolved to fill in the blank. He made a decision, and resolve means he made up his mind, meaning he woke up that morning, and his win was not to get to a place of influence. His win was not to be a person who lives out their calling. His win was to follow and obey the king. And so he doesn't bow a knee. And you and I, when we see zeal, that, that, like that much zeal, it's like, I want that. You want that? Make God your king. Resolve to, that the win in your life is not to, to feel good about yourself. It's to follow and obey King Jesus. I know I just threw a lot at you. Take it home with you. Like, choose your own adventure. See what God does through these exercises. And, and again, I'm, well, my hope, my prayer for you in closing today, I hope you have a handle. I, I hope you're able to say, this is where I'm at. And I know I made this up. This isn't like, you know, this isn't thus saith the Lord. This is just, but I hope I gave you something. You're like, this is where I'm at. This is, I know God's created me to do this. I don't know this right now. And I'm okay. And I choose to follow and obey King Jesus. Let's pray. Band, you can come up. God, I know that this hits each of us in different places. Some of us are not even sure you're real. Or if, if you are real, what does that mean for us? And I pray that, that, that there be a little bit more meaning to that this morning. That this idea of you as our heavenly father, that you've called us. To, yes, to cool things. Yes, to, to, to be us in a unique way, in a way that kicks butt. But also, Lord, first and foremost, to follow and obey you. Would you give us the wisdom this week on tomorrow when, when this all hits and we're not sure what to do, would you give us the wisdom to know what to do? And then would you give us the courage to do it? Would you be with us as we do these exercises? Would you speak to us? May, may we even feel your presence as we pray and, and lift these things to you. We pray all this in the name of King Jesus. Amen.